going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. As we all know, we are into a provincial election campaign. It just depends on when the 28 days will start. That's all that matters, right? On that note, I know there's been a lot made over different issues around the province and each community having different issues. And yesterday we chatted with Jill Croteau surrounding the mid-sized cities, mayors and CAO's caucus, which was in Cochrane yesterday. So we welcome to the program the mayor of Cochrane, Jeff Janung. Uh, mayor, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. My pleasure. Talk a little bit about yesterday and what you were hoping to accomplish by having uh, all four of the party leaders or the main party leaders uh, make presentations to you guys. Uh, well, first and foremost was putting our group on the map. Um, we kind of have been operating for the last decade or so as just an informal, you know, um, caucus that got together shared our issues and uh you know collaborated on on items like that um but then quickly decided that you know we were kind of significant being 22 communities of mid-size that you know um have a voice of almost a million albertans so uh you know we thought we should uh, get the attention of these leaders and one of our objectives was to uh you know build a relationship with them and actually first of all let them know who we are and that uh, we're interested in collaborating with them on policies and uh and legislation with the province in the future was there an idea in mind in terms of watching what calgary and edmonton had accomplished with the big cities charter and the thought of maybe we can do something that will allow for some sustainability in the future for some of the smaller cities oh most definitely um seeing calgary edmonton stroke the deal with the um it, with the charters uh, as you mentioned uh, just kind of we feel kind of paved the way for the cities of our size to say hey what about us uh, we need funding obviously and i know the province is well aware of this but um we just wanted to be um i guess get some attention from the leaders and say, you know, like we, we really are interested in sitting down with you and striking our own deal. Uh, we have unique issues. Uh, you know, some of them are similar to the bigger cities, but uh, we're also unique. So we just feel like we needed to have that voice out there. Talk a little bit about that. You know, you hinted at it was funding, but one of the things that always pops up is you guys are mandated to come up just as much as the the big cities are uh, coming up with budget plans, and yet you don't have that predictability of saying, "Hey, you know, we're going to get that funding for this road or this infrastructure project that you would like to have three or five years down the road." Well, exactly. We're mandated in the Municipal Government Act to have a, I think it's next year, we're supposed to have three-year budgets. Um, our community is doing that already, but uh, we don't have that even in uh, secure funding from the province. So I believe our funding runs out in 2021 uh, with the MSI grant that we currently uh, get funding from. So for our communities to do any sort of planning, we only have uh, two options. Go back to our own taxpayers and ask for a an increase in taxes or uh, put off infrastructure programs or delay them right or uh, build them over a longer 
time period. So even in Cochrane here, we're currently building a bridge. We've got a lot of uh, MSI funding that we're uh, hoping to have to be able to put towards that that project. And that's a challenge. When Sam MSI runs out, then you're sitting there scratching your head going, uh, do we have something in place for later on down the road? The one thing that I, I've noticed, especially in the surrounding communities around Calgary, the greater Calgary uh, areas, some people have coined it, is you know Cochrane, Airdrie, Chestermere, Okotoks, all seeing this explosive growth. Is that probably one of the biggest issues you guys are having to deal with uh, without that, that uh, relationship, I guess? or without that that strategy in place like a, a big city's charter would guarantee you guys? Oh, most definitely. Uh, here in Cochrane, I think uh, we've been the fastest growing, if not in the top five, uh, fastest growing communities in Canada for uh, the last decade. And while it's a positive thing, it's had uh, impacts on a lot of, uh, a, lot of issue, a, a lot of initiatives in town here. Um, traffic is one that uh, people are quick to to mention to me as I'm walking down the street, but uh, it's um, the infrastructure that goes behind that is it takes a, a lot of money to make big changes that are necessary. Um, and we're, we're also seeing impacts in social areas, you know, uh, policing, uh, the social programs that come back and, and help with uh, mental health and those types of things, homelessness mm-hmm. with the youth, all of pressures from growth. But, uh, and I don't want to... Uh, focus too much on the negative parts of that. I mean, I think we're, we're dealing with it, but this long-term funding uh, would really help secure a plan for us to be able to plan into the future to accommodate that. I know your job isn't to be a partisan politician, but at the same time, how, what, was the, uh, what was the response like from your members as you listened in on, on all four leaders? Um, well, we, we had four questions that we posed to each of them, uh, and we had uh, talked fairly at length with our 22 members here to come up with those. Uh, and as, you know, we have, being 22 municipalities with 22 personalities and mayors uh, generally come with uh, the loudest and most talkative personalities in the room mm-hmm. when you talk to politicians. So it's it could be difficult to get us to consensus, but um, the the diversity of the group, but also and the dynamics in the room, um, it was easy to get to these four um, funding. We've talked about, um, you know, impacts of the provincial economy, uh, the growth and diversification of our province is something we're looking for, and opportunities for transportation growth, which we just talked about, mm-hmm. and then community safety and policing, which I mentioned as well. But uh, each uh, leader touched on these. Um, our members were, you know, and we, we don't want to be partisan, but sure. uh, the last two were uh, Mr. Kenny and, and the Premier. So uh, those two in particular, uh, Mr. Kenny shortened his speech and uh, spent more time uh, interacting with our group, which we appreciated. Um, and then the Premier had, a, I thought, a good speech that touched on all of the topics. Um, so there, I think we're getting attention, and that was uh, one of the big wins for the group. I was just about to say that's a big key at the end of the day is just making sure that you guys are, are on the map, on the and not just on the map, but also on the map on the provincial politics front as we head into uh, an election campaign. Uh, Mayor, I appreciate the time and the insight this afternoon. Thanks so much.
Well, thanks for having me. Mayor Janung from uh, Cochrane joining us on the program to talk about the Mid-Cities, uh, Mid-Size City Mayors and CAOs Caucus, which was in town yesterday. And all four leaders getting a chance to uh, answer four questions. And they ranged in a variety of topics, as you mentioned. But as I talk to different people throughout the, the entire province, the one thing that I, I, I love hearing is the number of different issues that stand out that are relatively the same for each of the communities. I'll use education as a big example. You know, are we building enough schools? Are they able to handle all the kids that are coming in, uh, especially for those communities that are right around the peripheral of the, the major cities? So whether it's Oak Tokes and Airdrie and Cochrane and Chestermere or up north with St. Albert and Sherwood Park, you've got that. You have water issues down here in the south that need to be attended to as well. So uh, no shortage of things to talk about heading into the uh, provincial election. This is Joe McFarland, Calgary Today, 770 CHQR. When I was a little kid, I used to love getting read to. And mom and dad did a really good job of adding voices into the mix. And whether it was the Berenstain Bears or Clifford the Big Red Dog, anything hockey related. I mean, I have hockey digests going back to, you know, the late 80s. Uh, it didn't matter. I, I feel like they made an effort at the very least to read frequently. I don't know if it was every day, but it was certainly enough for me to go. That was noticeable. And one of the things that I, I've taken away from it is it's actually worked to my benefit because, as it turned out, that's what I would end up doing for a living, kind of. I Granted, as a news anchor, you're, you're reading, but here in, in the talk show element, it's me making things up off the top of my head. But I wanted to... I've always loved that idea of being able to give back and being able to read, and I can't wait to do it with my own kids one day. Today, I got that opportunity to do it in a classroom setting, it is World Read Aloud Day, and the teachers over at Cooper's Crossing School in Airdrie, where my fiance Aaron teaches at, invited me to be one of the D-list celebrities, because there were many more other better celebrities than myself. Bob Snyder from the Calgary Roughnecks is an example. Ryan Sevier from the Calgary Stampeders was there. The mayor, the deputy mayor, Angela Pitt, the local MLA, was there. I was just there because I could have some fun, and... It was funny. I was a little bit nervous, to be brutally honest, going in front of, you know, it's only 20 or 25 kids, grade ones, but I was kind of almost afraid of being judged, to which I thought, okay, well, I guess I got to up my game a little bit. And I decided to enter uh, a few voices into the mix as well. Read a bunch of different books uh, over the course of the hour. Read to three different classes, so 20 minutes each. And one of the, the common books was The Pigeon Needs a Bath. So I added a, a voice of the pigeon and there's a book uh, the pirate's guide to first grade so i added a pirate's voice into it i'm trying to muster up the courage maybe to do it on radio but you know it's army matey adding stuff like that or i'm just a pigeon right like little things like that like just adding something to it getting a ton of laughs having a lot of fun uh the teacher that reached out to me doctor or doctor uh mr Dwayne Ro uh, russ uh, I asked him a few questions afterwards, and I wanted to start off with the obvious. What is World Read Aloud Day? It's just a time to share the magic of books. We want people um, 
to read to their kids. And life is so busy nowadays. We don't have a chance. We're on our phones or we're running around doing things. We don't have a time to sit down and read. And I think... You know, a lot of us remember sitting on our mom and dad's laps having a story read to us, and we just don't get that anymore. So it's great to have all these wonderful celebrities in today, sharing the magic of books, sharing the love of reading, and breaking down the walls of our school and welcoming in our community. And I wondered, it's one thing to just read to yourself, but are there actual benefits to reading out loud? I think when you read out loud, it just brings the book more to life. You can, even listening to you read, I jumped in a couple times and you had the voices going and stuff like that. And the kids are laughing and rolling around and it just brings that book to life. And it, and it shares. I mean, anyone can be read. I remember driving in family trips and my mom and dad putting Robert Munch uh, tapes into and listening to those in the car and stuff like that. And I think it just, when you listen to someone reading, it brings the book to life. Oh man, Robert Munch. Those books were awesome. Before the end of this, if you if, remember, give me some of your best throwback books. What ones did you read as a kid? Uh, text me some of those answers. We'll get to those a little later on. 403-974-8255 if you want to text them. One final question that I did have for Mr. Russ was recommendations for parents. Because he as a teacher sees it, knows that everybody reads at a different level. But how do you get your kid more into the reading idea? I think as long as everyone reads. I think it's important for parents in, to model um, that we read, that we want to read. The kids see us read or see you reading, they will want to read. Um, and just every night, spend that quality family time. Turn off the phones, turn off the TV, sit on the couch and, and spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes reading a book. And you, it doesn't have to be a little kid. Read Harry Potter to your older kids. Read a, read a larger story. It doesn't, doesn't matter what it is as long as you guys are reading and spending time together. I couldn't agree more. Like uh, I've alluded to it a couple of times is I've started to get back into the habit of reading right before bed and not reading what's on Twitter, but reading an actual book. Maybe we'll do like a Joe's book club or something down the line. I, of course, I'd have to actually read a full book in a set amount of time and I have the attention span of a gnat. But a big thanks to all the teachers and all the kids at Cooper's Crossing School in Airtree for amusing me for a little while while I read in some character voices. That was a lot of fun. You're listening to Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. All right, this is a story that has garnered a lot of attention over the last few weeks here. A Millerville woman giving away a $1.7 million home, and all you need to do is write a letter. Seems pretty simple. We've heard the backstory about this lady. Alla Wagner is her name. The challenge has been... It hasn't been all good news for Alla, and she joins us now on the program. Thanks so much for the time today. It's my pleasure. I'm curious, what's the reaction been like since your story went viral? Since the 20th, 19th few, but on the 20th, um, I have processed tons of emails. Uh, some of them were repli- uh, questions, some of them were replies, some of them were asking me to, uh, you know, how long it's going to uh, go, like, and, and if I could please wait for an extra month, you know, all, all kinds of different emails. Mm-hmm. But at this moment in my mailbox, since uh, I, I've been processing and stuff, um, I, I, think, I can't remember the exact number, but I think it's about 4,100 and some emails that I haven't processed yet. From 21st yet. I'm still working on 21st. <laughs> so. And talk a little bit about the 
the randomness of some of the emails and some of the, the, the issues you've come across? Because I understand that it hasn't been as maybe clean or some people have uh, kind of, uh, I don't want to say taken advantage of you, but taken maybe advantage of the situation. Uh, there, there are some people, there's all kinds of situations that are popping up. So I'll, I'll explain to you what's going on. So first, that the number I just gave you, that's just in my inbox, by the way. That mm-hmm. We are also getting the, the paper, like the snail mail, and we're getting a lot of other uh, places, that the, the entries. But one thing that really, truly troubled me is that I did not, well, I knew I was going to have difficulties, right, considering that the spot is a cybersecurity and what's going on, you know, via internet internet is wonderful to give to give me help like to for publicity but at the same time it's very scary with hackers and things like Mm -hmm. that so there's people opening they they stole my identity from facebook i guess my settings weren't strong enough uh now now everything's changed like again we jumped on it right away and fixed everything on the facebook page actually one of my girls she registered me as um so celebrity i laugh about it like nonstop. So it just it tickles my mm-hmm. <laughs> my ego, uh, celebrity. Anyway, um, so so she she registered, strengthened the uh, settings. But before that, this person or whoever it was uh, created this Facebook page with my uh, profile photo, and was asking for money from people that were making comments. And that just I had nearly meltdown or meltdown, whatever you want to call it. I was in such a panic that even one person would trust that. And uh, through Google, you know, Gmail, they opened the Gmail account, Ala, uh, Wagner, 1010 at gmail.com, and they were asking for money from people. Mm-hmm. And even if one person is victimized by people like that, because of my contest, I'd feel horrible. I, it, it just would kill me. Just the fact that somebody was victimized. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it just, kills me that people stoop that low. There's people that are pretending they're AGLC, Alberta Gaming and Liquor Commission, and calling people and saying, or contacting, communicating with people and, and saying, oh, this is not legal, which AGLC would never, ever do such a thing, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, those kind of things. There's people organizing against me, but that's okay. I mean, I guess I have to deal with stuff like that, right? The, the in in the uh, United States, um, had also these kind of problems because it was in 2016 and there was already some social media involved here. And uh, she had que- she had people organize on Facebook against her. And the sheriff said he's not going to touch anything, he's not going to investigate anything until the contest is over. And he did. And everything was legit and straightforward and it exchanged hands. So that's where, you know, that those are the kind of problems. But my um, social media managers, I have three of them, uh, three young ladies, they're helping me and they um, they don't let me read the comments. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they, they're telling me I, you don't need the stress. I don't have time actually. I'm so busy uh, processing each email. I'm in my, on my inbox right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm processing emails and I'm reading letters. That's all I'm doing. So I'm not... And plus, I have to do my own regular work. That's all I do. And I, I have been reading a bit less because of this everyday new stress that pops up with this Facebook stuff and things like that. But it's okay. Now I've ironed everything out and I know what I'm doing. And uh, so so I, I'm busy reading. At first couple of days, 
I was reading a lot more than I'm reading now, but I'm going to get back to on the horse again and start <laughs> reading minimum 500, maximum around mm-hmm. seven, 700 a day, 750 to 900 a day, depending on how long they are, right? So, Unreal. It's a cautionary tale to be sure as we dive into the the good and sometimes not so good of uh, the online sphere for sure. Uh, I appreciate the time and the insight today. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. They are calling it an urgent need. The Janus Academy works with autistic children in our city, and they're trying to raise money for a new school bus for their kids. And to learn more about what's happened and the situation and why, we welcome Teresa Reynolds, the Fund Development Coordinator for the Janus Academy. Uh, Teresa, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having us. Talk a little bit about what you guys are hoping to get. What do you need? Um, our our need, our current need right now, um, is this uh, new school bus. So we started this campaign um, back in December, and um, it's it's sort of an urgent campaign. It was a last minute one because um, the school bus that we did have had died suddenly on us. And uh, right before the end of the school year. So um, we had put together this campaign. Um, our goal is to raise $75,000. Um, we do have uh, two pledges. Uh, we have one from the Prosser Charitable Foundation for $20,000. Um, and then we have a pledge from Calgary uh, Foundation for $5,000. And that's if we can reach... Um, about fifty, fifty-five uh, thousand dollars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if we can raise majority of it, they will um, top us up. Walk us through some of the trips that you guys take and the the need for that bus and and how many miles you guys kind of collectively uh, go over over the course of a school year. Well, if if you can imagine, Joe, we have 59 students from grades 1 to 12. Um, we also have a summer camp program, um, and that we have 18 um, registrants in each session. We have three sessions over July and August. And then we also have 18 adults that um, participate in our adult day program. So this bus would support um, the three programs um, across the board. So as you can imagine, um, losing that bus for us um, was was really crucial. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's getting your students to uh, things that allows them to be a part of the community and to explore our community. Just sort of about getting... Um, you know, to and from and, and going on field trips. We we do lots of community integration. So whether it's, you know, taking our students um, into the grocery store so they can practice um, purchasing items, um, paying for items, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of using their skills that they've taught in the classroom sort of in the in the real world. Talk a little about the yeah, and, and talk a little bit about that that aspect of it, and how it how important it is for the the students and the kids to be able to uh, be a part of that and and do those kinds of things on a daily basis. 
Yeah, so, you know, obviously all of our students have a diagnosis of autism um, and, um, you know, with varying degrees of, of uh, struggles and difficulties. So we try and provide um, as many of those opportunities as possible because uh, one of the major deficits of autism is um, social interaction. So. Um, not not understanding social cues, not understanding sort of what is appropriate, um, what is not, um, and also just safety. So, um, you know, crossing the street, um, you know, we practice taking city transit as well. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of factors and a lot of skills that we try and take into the community. Um, because there's only so much you can teach in the classroom. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. If you want more information on Janus Academy, you can go to Janus, and that's spelled J-A-N-U-S Academy dot org. And uh, they have a GoFundMe account to start it on there as well. Uh, glad to be a part of it through the Calgary Children's Foundation here at 770 CHQR, uh, and looking forward to seeing what you guys are able to get accomplished here. Uh, thank you so much for the time and the insight into your guys's critical need, Teresa. Thank you, Joe. Um, we really appreciate the, the support from the community. Teresa Reynolds, the Fund Development Coordinator at the Janus Academy. I just posted the link to that GoFundMe account on my Twitter page. Go to at Calgary today for more details on that. Just want to take a moment to thank you for taking the time to download and listen to the Calgary Today podcast. Don't forget to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'll chat with you soon.